What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of Dynasty Logics with Bobby and Tommy. Yep. And today, we are going to be wrapping up uh, another um, and another. This is our inaugural. This is our first draft for the Dynasty Logics fans. And we're going to do a little house cleaning, right? Sweep, you know, sweep. <laughs> we're going to be going over just, you know, Defenders that we haven't talked about yet. And then we're going to be diving into, you know, with three days away from the draft, Tom. And I think it's about time that we start. Actually, we're fucking two days away. Uh, we're going to be talking about kind of what did we learn throughout this process um, as we kept diving in on, you know, our Funkin' Marbles or our plethora camp. of other, yep, camp out. And we got all sorts. Anyway, we're diving in. Tommy. So let me let me ask you this. So let's let's start with this, right? So in the in the top first round of, of a rookie draft, right? Those top tier players that we've mentioned in all these episodes, right? And everyone knows who those that pretty much top 10, 12 kind of tier is, right? Is there really a lot of up and down movement for you on landing spots for that first core of first round potential rookie fantasy players for you? Not not for all of them, you know. Trey Lance goes to the 49ers and not Justin Fields. No, to still answer your question, the answer is no. I'm still looking at, you know, whether it's quarterbacks, wide receivers, running backs. For the most of them in that first 10 picks, they're all solid picks. But my top five hasn't moved at all. So that, so that is honestly one of the biggest things that I preach to people. And like, and you ask the question, hey, you know, what have you learned, you know, in your pre-draft process and stuff like this? And honestly, the biggest thing that, you know, I learned this a long time ago, and I kind of been doing it last week, like when you get to a point where you trust yourself and you trust your board, and I've seen people say, you know, trust your process, trust your process. Listen, that is 100% right. But you got to trust your process that works. I mean, if you got a process that, you know, works once every three years or is erratic, like maybe you should revisit. Like, I mean, I preach a lot of stuff that I've done. Everything I talk about is everything I've done, everything I've tried, all the processes that I've done, all the stuff that's worked for me for a long time right and so i mean it's time to like it doesn't work for everyone no but it's a good base and one of the big things i use is i try not to have too much variance right i don't want to move a guy up like after i see his pro day numbers like that should like okay that's okay he's right there but like if you listen and read too much and he drops because the guy has a story like fields has you know a medical condition like they start digging deep on guys like and for me, I talk about it a lot of time, like landing spot isn't a huge factor for me and a big variance thing. Yeah, it'll move the guys a little bit here and there, but I, I, I'm looking at talent and talent talent will win, right? Is he buried? But this is dynasty. So I don't think landing spot is a huge variance on some of those guys. And it's funny you mentioned Trey Lance because for me, he doesn't move up or down for me, but I have him as my third quarterback. So that doesn't move for me. Like, I don't think he gets better or worse depending on where he goes in my mind, but... <laughs> You know, I could see a guy like that. You know, you might move and, you know, you might, you know, not like where he went. You know, that's that's fine. You know, you can look at stuff like that, but you can use that stuff in your favor, right? And just, you know, trust your process and know that this is what you had 
And then after the draft comes out and, you know, stuff changes for landing spots, just be aware of what you had a month earlier. Mm-hmm. Just understand why the guy certainly jumped up. Like, you know, collided it with Solaire. Perfect example. Like, why did he jump up from, like, the fifth or sixth back to the number one back? That was situation. Was it right? What? Was it wrong? No. But, you know, it was a win-now situation depending on the on the value and circumstance. But I don't think a lot of these players have that variance in the first, you know, round of, of rookie drafts that we have right there. You know, something that you and I were talking about, um, not in one of our shows, but just kind of offline, uh, something that you've mentioned is that first wide receiver taken may not necessarily be indicative of the talent. They were, you know, last year, rugs. I want to say a couple of years ago, you had Laquan Treadwell. Oh, yeah, that was that was that was years ago. Um, yeah, I mean, depending, I mean, Treadwell was kind of like a forced uh forced issue because there was no wide receivers on the board but honestly the, the the funniest trend about that is like i think it's like the last 25 years i think there's only like two hall of fame wide receivers or potential hall and calvin johnson and julio jones who've been drafted in the top 10 uh, and and i've talked to people about this if i'm an nfl gm i'm literally not taking an offensive player in the top 10 a quarterback sure if it's a lock solid quarterback if it's field lawrence in this draft sure but i tell you in the last like 20 something 25 years i think one running back drafted in the top 10 uh, ended up winning a Super Bowl with the team who drafted him. It was Jamal Lewis. So, like, again, it's just not a smart play for these NFL teams. We honestly don't care too much about it in fantasy-wise because, you know, we want points and the, and the talent, you know, is still there. Um, but I think that's the big difference is, like, even wide receiver, the talent really hasn't been there with the Hall of Fame kind of numbers. I mean, there's been some solid players, A.J. Green up there and stuff like that. But, you know, landing spot matters. But the NFL gauge of the first wide receiver that's picked in the NFL, a lot of times, isn't the best, you know, fantasy wide receiver. And we've seen that over the years with, you know, different variances and, and different teams see different, you know, things across the board. So just don't fall in that trend where you, you know, you had, you, you know, you had Chase right there, and then all of a sudden you're like, uh, all of a sudden, you know, you know, Rondell Moore goes to this amazing, you know, he goes to the Packers, and now all of a sudden, you know, you got Rondell Moore as the number one receiver because he went to the Packers, like. Just be aware that why you had this before and why you had this afterwards, it's a good gauge. You know, it's a, it's a good well, gauge I, to make your own decision. I think more than anything, that's that's really what we've been really harping on. Uh, you more so than than myself, but one of the things that as we've been going through this process, um, I looked at each individual skill position with a blank set of eyes. Um, the what well, it doesn't matter the position. I was going in with a blank blank canvas, and I really wanted to extrapolate out what I thought was going to be the best at each position, and then build my overall board when I came to an end. I almost felt like uh, with a puzzle, you know, some people build from the middle and they're maniacs. Uh, personally, I would classify. You probably you start off in the middle just because, don't you? I start in the back actually because I'm a true insane maniac. I start all the way in the back and work my way up forward. Um, but what you're saying what is what the right. fuck's the back of a puzzle? You tell me what the back of a puzzle is, real quick. Well, not the back, right? So I, I do the board. The corners? No, I do yeah. the whole. I do the whole board. Right, the whole board. Okay. Is first, right? And and that and that's fine. That's right. the way. Right. That's that's the board. I do right. it as well. Right. Actually. Right. Yeah. So, okay. Right. So for me, like in a rookie draft, I start kind of like the back of my draft and work my way forward. Right. 
And when I talk about value and like gauges and stuff like that, about like where you have a guy ranked, like that's the stuff that I use. And I, I mean, I talk about like the guys that I have ranked, you know, the guys that I like in certain positions and the value I like in certain rounds, that's not really going to change for me because talent outweighs situation most of the time for me. And that talent, sometimes it'll, it'll land in a weird situation that might give me more value, right. Or maybe give me less value. Like, the biggest thing now is know your league. Like if you don't like a guy like Wilson, like I'm not sold on Wilson. Like I so I hope someone who's like a, like a Lions fan, I hope he goes there and maybe I can sell that pick to that guy because he really wants him. Like right? stuff like that where you know your league, you can gauge that a little bit more and you can get more value. Also, the biggest thing that I'm going to say is this is the cheapest you're going to get rookie picks is right now because after this draft they're all gonna go up this is the time where i'd get a range if i'm thinking of looking at a second round or trying to trade up i'd do it now before landing spot variances like because like we said i don't think the first round is a huge jump variance on guys like and we talked about it like if if gainwell if gainwell ends up in the best starting running back position do I think he's first you know do I think he jumps the top of the board I think people learned after after Hilaire last year, probably don't jump that fence. And it's hard. Like, I've done it. You know, I've gotten away with it in championship teams. I, and I tell people the same thing. If you've got, you got a championship team, right, then go up there and try to get a starting running back. Trade up. If you're rebuilding, to take a running back in the top three, four picks, like, it doesn't make sense if you're rebuilding. Like, trade down. Pay for a guy. Like, it's a running back. You can get – rookie running backs are the most instant gratification you can get in nasty. Like, you can get guys that every year there's three, four, or five running backs who come in and play. And you could play. Whereas everyone else a little bit, you know, longer. Some of the quarterbacks you can play. But even Pitts, like Pitts is going to play, right? But, you know, is he going to be that dominant early on? Probably not, but he's going to be playable. Right? Let's just, so let's stick with that question, right? How high are you taking Pitts in a two-quarterback league, super flex or tight end premium league? He's still top five to me. That part hasn't changed. What's the uh, highest? What's the highest you'd take him? It really depends on what gets taken in front. So if, let's say, let's say it goes um, Lawrence, Fields, Wilson, one, two, three. Then I may not necessarily be taking Pitts until five. So let's six. Say, so let's say you're at three though. So let's say you're I'm not three. taking them at three. You're not taking them at three. Okay. I mean, I've considered it. Don't get me wrong. I I, I have considered it. Um, you know, because he's the best all around athlete and talent coming out of the draft. Harp Harp said agreed, right? And Harp said agreed. And I don't mind people taking them. And I, I, I like I've said, people, I take them probably at four. Maybe you can sell me at three because you don't love Lance or Wilson. I absolutely hundred percent agree with that. And that's 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 as high as I go is three. The, 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 and I'll tell you this: you can you know people can do whatever they want with that information, but to even have the debate that I've read and seen about Pitts going one in a, in a dynasty, a two quarterback league, super flex league, I'm just gonna say one thing about that: like you can, I've read all the numbers and I and I know all the numbers and analytics about it, and the, the one. The one thing I can tell you is you can never acquire a franchise quarterback on your waiver wire. Right? We've acquired franchise tight ends off the waiver wire, right? Kittles was an undrafted, basically rookie, right? Better than the depth shot, right? Waller was a, was available. Logan Thomas was available, right? Gronkowski might have been available most of these because he was retired for a year, right? 
But that Tanya, right? Another later round guy, right? Tight ends, you can uh, you can find a top tight end. You can get lucky. You can never ever get lucky and get a franchise quarterback off your waiver wire. You'll never. You'll it, it, it doesn't happen. Tight end, yes. Do I agree? Pitts is that good? Yes. Could you debate me, Pitts or Chase? Absolutely. You're a guy who got burned by him. Take Pitts. He's a safer pay. You know, I, I've said that from day one. You know. He, he's the, you know, the third, fourth safest guy after Fields and Lawrence. Like, you know, it's Pitts and Chase. And then you do what you, what you feel comfortable at that point. But, you know, to just don't overthink it. You know, the, it, he is great and he's a tight end. But tight end has a big variance of that, you know, top 10 shuffle and, and guys change. And, again, he's another guy landing spot. I don't care where he goes. Like, wherever he goes, he's going to be fine. I don't – yeah, I don't <laughs> care really where he goes. Matter, you know? I, I, I think um... – I guess the only time I might care as to where he goes is who's throwing him the ball. That's that that more than anything. I don't, I don't think I don't think that matters even more because sometimes the bad guy is just as good as the good guy. I mean, you know, Carr throwing a Waller. I mean, how many quarterbacks threw to Logan Thomas last year? I mean, sometimes bad quarterbacks produce good tight ends too. So, you know, that's not really a, a huge thing. But you know, just don't overthink no, it. No, but that quarterback who doesn't throw to tight ends at all. That's the that's the type of quarterback I'm a little more concerned with. Uh, however, ding ding ding, you are form, right. You are right on the money with that analysis. But continue. But just like we were seeing this year with Rogers and Tunyon, that was that was a match. Uh, you know, they changed up uh, some offensive offensive schemes, got the tight end open a little bit more, and he became more open in the end zone and became another asset to throw to, which is why you saw somebody jump up the way he did. You know, I'm, I'm spitballing here, but more than anything, I'm only concerned about who's throwing them the ball. If the quarterback is not a tight end. That's, that's usually that you usually read that. This is 99% right on the money, right? The only one variance where there doesn't matter. When a team drafts a tight end in the top 10, in the top 15, if that tight end goes in the first round, they're throwing to that guy. And if the quarterback who's there doesn't, they're going to go get someone to will. You're not taking a tight end that high in the first round that you're not going to use. Like You're just not going to Listen, he's that. a top five talent yeah, period, absolutely, absolutely. in the NFL yeah. draft. Yeah. So as, as far as I'm concerned, um, you know, if he, as they're talking, you know, today's Tuesday, Atlanta still hasn't sold the pick. If he goes to Atlanta, I think Matt Ryan will be thrown to him all fucking day. No way will he throw to him all day. He'll be third in the target share. He's gonna throw he's gonna throw to a rookie tight end over Julio Jones at Ridley. Come on. Not gonna happen. Julio anyway. Jones doesn't walk out within the next year. It does, yeah, well, we're talking about this year. Anyways, Pitts is safe, right? He he's fine. Like all we're saying is like those the, the top tier guys, like So you do have a concern. Of the landing spot by the quarterback. No, I I, I don't. But Atlanta's not going to take him unless they're going to use him. So I'm not I'm not going to. If Atlanta takes him, that that's fine. That means next year, yeah, maybe Julio walks and like you know they they, they clear house, which I I highly doubt they they're ever going to let Julio walk. They might. I mean, but I, I see him as a guy who might just retire on the team he's been with, which would be awesome. And nowadays, you don't see that, so that would be kind of cool. That we thought happened. Brady was retiring on the roster too. So, 
Yeah, well, Bill fucked that up. So, anyways, that's a different. That's a, that's, 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 uh, that, that, that's a different. That's a different conversation. Um, you know, realistically, I mean, especially, I mean, trust your process. If you had your board set, right, and this is why, honestly, I haven't. I've been trying to tap out, and I actually told people this, like this week, people are really itchy about stuff, like the week before the draft, and like they're almost like double checking, triple checking, like breaking down more numbers and having the conversations like this, like, Oh, you know, his argument for pitch for one. I love to see that stuff, but like, understand, like, don't make that sway and think, Hey, wow. Maybe I was dead wrong. Like uh, maybe you were, but don't make it sway what you already had. Like trust your process. And it's not important. Like we're all just guesstimating and throwing you information. Um, and you really won't know until after the draft, but we agree. Most of those first round guys, the first round of your rookie draft, I don't think really matters. I mean, I, I, I really don't. I think the running backs, I think the top four running backs, I, I think they're all going to go in situations where they're going to play, you know, with Harris and Etienne, Williams, and um, and Gainwell. I think they're all going to go in spots where they're going to play. Like, is it going to jump one up? Like, is is, is all of a sudden Gainwell going to go to the best running back so I can jump up to ahead of Harris and Etienne? I don't think so. But it, it's, it's really not like a huge – you know, that's a tier. I don't mind getting one of those four guys, right? That's kind of like the same thing. I mean, even wide receivers, you can look at that with two tiers, um, you know, because I'm a bigger wide receiver guy. So, you know, I have a tier where, you know, uh, if, if I, you know, if I can get Chase Crate, obviously, like, that'd be awesome. But if my second, my second guy is, is Marshall, you know, I'm, I'm fine with that too. Like, so, you know, does that change on landing spot? No, I think talented receivers, you know, you could get a value. Like we almost saw in like lamb a lot last year. We're all like, Oh, he went to a terrible spot and he slipped down. And I'm like, and I laughed about it the whole time. I'm like he didn't move off my board after the NFL draft. He stayed exactly where he was on my board. He was the number one wide receiver. I had my board before the draft. And then after the draft and what did that become? Like, did I get him? No, I, I could have, I, I don't regret it. Cause I got Herbert instead, but he slipped and he's the guy I'm talking about. Like if you have a board where he's your one, and then everyone drops them down to four, like recognize, oh, maybe I should fix my board. No, maybe you should try to slide down and get value. You know, maybe, you know, you're right, right? Stick to, trust what you did and then go, all right, well, I'm going to get this guy now out of value because everyone didn't like him because he sat behind somebody like, you know, pick and choose. I'm like, after that, I mean, draft capital matters, right? So you want guys to get picked in the draft. Like you want, you know, a guy to get, you know, picked early in the draft, you don't want to slide too, too far down unless it's a value chip on the shoulder. But, you know, it, it, it's it's certain situations. I mean, are there teams you don't want people to go to? Like, you know, it's that whole Baltimore debate, which it looks like they'll probably take a wide receiver. Like, you know, that's fine. You can have those calls. Like, do I want a Patriots wide receiver? No, they don't develop wide receivers. I'm not, I'm not waiting on a Patriots rookie wide receiver. I'm, 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 I'm all set with that one. But if you trust a talent, yeah, that's, you know, this is what you should be looking at. You should be getting excited. It's more like, you know, this is almost like validation. Like, okay, did the NFL agree? But like we talked about, the NFL a lot of times gets the first wide receiver in the NFL wrong compared to the fantasy one, right? I mean, they see different things and, and use them for different things and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, just have fun. I mean, this is the time of year where you could, you know, talk to guys and find out in your league, you know, who guys like and why they like them and, you know, maybe you can find a value and, and, uh, you know, maybe you're right. You trust your process and you see it like, oh, I thought he was going to go in the first round. You know, I thought he went here. I'm like, okay. And a guy slips, you know, to the second round. Maybe that turns into a value for you. You know, I, 
turns into something that you don't, you know, like. And um, it's 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 honestly, it all comes back to knowing your league, right? And finding that guy, finding the guy that nobody likes and nobody talks about. And like, like we talked about it. Like, I know in my board, if you know, if I don't get you know Chase or Marshall, and probably my honestly my third wide receiver is probably Smith. And after that, it's probably um, it's it's Wallace. So like that's the tier for me. Boom, boom, boom. You know, in that range. Bateman, Bateman oh, fell on your. Well, my apologies. No, Bateman. Sorry, I, I sorry, Bateman's too. I apologize. I forgot. I knew I was forgetting one. I was like, where's the other big guy I had? I, well, I, I was curious if if he actually fell on your on your radar. No, no, and that was a, that was how. It, so, so more than anything, um, you know, I think we've we've hammered home. You know, comparing notes before the draft and after the draft is extremely helpful. Um, it, it, it all it gives you a safety blanket, and I mean, that's the thing that's done for me for a long time. It, it it's 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 kept me from doing too many stupid mistakes. Do I still make one? Yeah, I still traded up and it went for Hilaire last year. But I was a championship roster and only needed a starting back. Was it was it right or wrong? Yeah, I probably should have went and got Taylor. Blah blah blah. But that's fine. I'm a championship roster. I make that decision. But that was one. I made one bad pick, right? And that my board stopped me from making three or four bad picks. Like, I didn't like this guy before. Like, why is he jumping on my board? Or, I, I, again, you know, it, it's it's searching for that value of, of, and, and you like being right. Like, and you want those later round guys to be drafted. Like, you know, guys that we've talked about, like later round guys that we've talked about that we want to get drafted, right? Like, like, like Coxy. You know, um, you know, like my guy Pro Wells, you know, Jalen Camp, uh, you know, of course my boy Funk, right? Marbles, right? These are guys you want to keep an eye on. The guys you like later are the guys that I like to watch in the draft. Like, okay, did the NFL team see this? Like, are they going to spend some draft capital on this? Like, honestly, like, if you take him in the seventh, at least you took the guy. Like, okay, a guy I had, like, as a dart throw. Like, okay, fine, no problem. At least you got him on a roster, right? That's, that's stuff that I'm more interested in, like, do these NFL teams see the stuff that we see in later? I mean, the, the guys up front or the guys up front, you, you kind of know invariance and talent and, and 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 situation and stuff like that. And you can like and not like different guys. You can you can love Matt Jones and hate Trask. That's that's fine. That absolutely. But the later round guys, those are the guys we're like, huh? Oh, wow, he got drafted. You know, in the third round. Wow. I mean, this dude mentioned camp, and someone took him in the fourth. I didn't have my board. Like, that's just stuff to hear. Be like. Oh, okay, cool. Maybe no one knows this guy. Like, those are the guys that I'm interested in and that I keep an eye on in the NFL draft. Like, all right, these later on guys that I kind of looked at, you know, did they get drafted? Like, who drafted them? Those are more situational to me. Like, did my guy get drafted in a spot with an ambiguous wide receiver court? Does he have a chance to be the number three guy and possibly slide up the two? Like, you know, or did he get drafted in the sixth and he's going to be like the fifth wide receiver and like he might not even be a roster in two years? Like, you know, that's the stuff that I more look at before the draft and after the draft to look at my boards going, okay, is this guy now, my late now, Dr. Like, if Pro Wells doesn't get drafted, obviously, am I going to draft him? Probably not. Like, if he gets drafted, then, you know, maybe he has a chance to do something. Like, that's where I think draft capital matters more on the later round guys. The first round guys are all going to get drafted. All right. There are, there's no swing usually on those guys. Right. So, you know, different landing spots. Yeah. I, I don't think it matters for, you know, the four running backs that we like. I don't think it really matters for at least the four quarterbacks people talk about. I'll give you Wilson at four. 
you know, like I said, I'm not a Wilson guy. I'm not a Jones guy, but I'm like, I don't think landing spot, you know, really matters, you know, Tommy, too, too much. Yeah, God. with this class, as you've looked back to front on it, do you feel like this is the type of class um, that is heavy up at the top for uh, quality, or do you think because there's so much quality in the draft, you can luck out in the middle rounds so i think this class is honestly like and this falls in my wheelhouse about tiers right because i don't like ranking guys one to ten like i like tiers like those four running backs uh are tier. sorry uh those four running backs to me are in a tier right harris etn williams gainwell like that's that's my top running back tier like first round second round like that's my tier after that it's how far the next guys have on a drop off. To me, it's later rounds. Um, you know, quarterback. I, I don't think. I think it's a. I think quarterback's a little more scattered. Um, you know, Lance and Fields up top, and then you have you know the the Lance Wilson debate somewhere else in, in your first round of rookie draft, and then and then Jones, and then it's a drop off to you know guys like Trask and Mon and, and Mills. Right, so I think that's a little bit more scattered first round, second round, scattered throughout. Uh, I think wide receiver is a position that you can find a value at wide receiver and a good wide receiver in almost any round of your rookie draft. So I do think there's a tier of first round guys, but I think you know we talked about even like tier like second round guys, like you know a guy like Marshall might slide to the second round, right? A guy like Wallace might slide to the second round, right? Yeah, third round, you know, Eskinridge is a guy, you know, that as a smaller guy, I don't really love smaller guys, but like if I'm, if I want a small speedy guy, I'd rather wait and maybe I can get like an Eskinridge, right? In like the third round instead of taking like a Rondell Moore in the first. Right? Like, so that's, and I think the wide receiver has that in every round. Tight end is Pitts and then there's one every round, right? I think. You know, uh, you know, free your mouth will probably be the second one. I think tight end, you're going to see one probably come off in every single round of your rookie draft. And I think that might be similar to the quarterbacks, um, where, it, you know, a couple early and then one, one, one. Um, Brian backs, you know, I think it's, you know, those, you know, those top four guys. And then I think the same thing. I think it's probably like two, three, two, three, you know, depending on who you like and, you know, the situation and stuff like that. So, uh, I think it's a very interesting. Do I think it's top heavy? I mean, yeah, I'd rather have, you know, a solid, you know, player. But I think wide receiver rise, it's similar to last year where we saw guys like, you know, Paris Campbell, like a T. Higgins, like a Brandon Ayuk, like slide to that next group, right? I don't think the top is as good as like Lamb, Judy, and Jefferson. Mm-hmm. But I think that second group, you know, with, with you know, with guys like, you know, like Wallace, um, um, you know, I don't think Bateman will be in a second group. Marshall, right? And that's in that second kind of group, right? Your boy Elijah Moore, right? I think that second group is very good as it was last year. No matter, no matter the position. Let's go, let's go, um, let's go quarterback first. 2020 draft class to 2021 draft class. So Lawrence. Is he ahead of Barrow? Is he ahead yes. of? Mm-hmm. All right. So Chase, is he uh, ahead of Jefferson? Is he ahead of? No. Oh, no. 
He's not ahead of Jefferson. He's not ahead of Judy, and he's not ahead of Lamb. I think he's behind those three. Okay. That's all. Uh, I have. Then for running backs, you know, I think this is where it gets a little cloudier. Um, you know, Acres, Hilaire, uh, is it is Dodgy Harris the best out of those other two or Jonathan well, uh Well, I mean if you're asking me the last two years, it's it's still for me, it's still Taylor Swift Dobbins. And and then and then I had Harris as my four. All right, Harris is four. Um I could had Etienne five, Hilaire six, Acres seven. I, I wasn't okay. an Acre, I wasn't an Acres believer. I was wrong about it. Like he looked pretty good. So, um, yeah, I think he's still got like a similar group where like, you know, last year there was like four guys. Um, and I think this is very similar, you know, in that same situation. Um, but does situation matter? Yeah. I mean, I think it matters, you know, a little bit, you know, more. I, I don't, I actually, I don't think it matters. I don't think it, I don't think Gainwell matters where he goes. I think he's going to be productive wherever he goes. No, I'm Gainwell's a guy that I am. I'm excited no matter where he lands. You can catch on a backfield. Fucking run, run people over. He's a fun guy. Yeah. Uh, you know, he, he, right, you're right. And like, and thank you for like, and that's exactly what I was trying to get you to do because we have tiers, right? You can be like, all right, these four guys I'm not worried about. Like, okay, this is my, this is my tier break. Right. And then if you want to go after that and your fifth running back, maybe he jumps up, you know, from your eighth to your fifth. You know, that's that's fine. Bump him up higher and take him around earlier because he lands in a really good spot. Absolutely. But just don't jump him up above Gainwell, who is your eighth running back, and all of a sudden now he's the starter in Pittsburgh. Like, just be careful. And you can learn from last year. You can learn Hilaire. Like, you can you can, you can can learn it. Or you can be right. I mean, you can be the genius on value. Just don't overpay. Let everyone else overpay. Right? Just, you know, when in doubt, trade down. <laughs> Let's have a rookie dress. I don't know. I'm not sure. Trade down. Really? Trade down two picks, trade down three, pick up a garbage fourth, like trade down. Like you, get you always have the option of trying to pick up a veteran with a you know a solid veteran with the first round pick as well. So uh is it advised? Not always. Depends on what your team situation is, though. You're on mute. Um still on mute. I'm not on mute anymore. I'm I'm uh, I'm unmuted, except except when I tell people to trade back and they look at like I'm crazy. I'm like Listen, unless it's Fields or, or Lawrence up top, even like Pitts in that pick, if I'm a rebuilding franchise and I have one pick in the first round and I'm like, well, I'm just going to take Pitts to go out a day, and someone's offering me to slide down, they're offering me two picks for this one. Like, I just think about the value. Like, instead of taking two years to rebuild, you could trade down a few spots in the first round and jumpstart that, right? You did that last year. You could trade off guys, trade down, pick up assets instead of having a, you know, a, a two year rebuild or a three year rebuild. Maybe, you know, it's only a year and a half, right? You jumpstart that by trading back. Do you get the more solid player? No, but I think in this draft, you, you could have two guys like you, you know, you don't get pits, but maybe you could slide down and now you get, you know, you get Lance and you get uh Bateman, right? Would, would I rather get a quarterback and a guy like, like a guy like Bateman or even like Smith? Then get pits. Yeah, I'd rather have two. I'd rather have two really good guys than one if you can get the value for it, right? I I will agree, not necessarily with that exact example, because Pitts is one of those guys where I you know, you, 
he's the type of talent that you you just don't see. Or fuck it, you tell me. Have you seen a seen a talent like Pitts come out? Um, Vernon Davis before. Was the Vernon Davis is the closest I've ever seen. That that said, Pitts is probably one of the few that it, it might take a little little more to to wedge him away from me. Will I? Will I do it? Yes, but it's going to probably take a lot to to make me move him. And and your point is double sided because on that same notion, right? You would get more because you could dangle. Hey, this is Pitts. This is this guy, right? He's worth a little bit more, right? And the same thing I tell you, the trade back. I'm like. In a two quarterback league up top, I'm not trading back if I get field of lines. Like I'm not. Like and I agree. Do I think Chase is the more receiver? Yes. But you you really got to look at it if you could trade back and get two of those pieces. I mean, you could trade back and now instead of having one, you know, two picks in the top 30, you know, the top, you know, 20. Now you got, you know, four picks in the top 20. Like I tell people the same thing. Like you're never gonna hit every rookie pick. You're you're never gonna do it. So my advice, people, when they rebuild is to try to get two first-round picks, right? Try to get two seconds, right? Try to double up early, right? Because that way, at least if you're wrong on somebody, you're going to hit them. Odds are you'll hit on one of them, right? Double down. Like I you know, I told this to you, and I told this to a lot of people last year when they were rebuilding the wide receivers. I said, double down. I said, well, I'll trade this pick. Double down. Go get two of them. If you're right on both of them, you jump start it. I'm like, it, it's, it's you know, there's different strategies and different stuff to do, and that's the fun of it, like, Make it fun. Guys are like, oh, I got this one pick and I'm just going to take him and go. If that's your thing, you just want to take a guy and 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 wait and pick, great, no problem. I like to have fun and try to move around and manipulate the board and see what kind of value I can get. And, and I'm a guy who likes to try to pick up as much value as I can by moving around. But I have tiers. So as long as I can get one guy in my tier, I mean, Pitts is a tier by himself. So he doesn't really count. You know, wide receiver-wise, running back-wise, you know, maybe I can't get Harris, but maybe I can get Gainwell if I slide down, you know, six spots and then pick up a third, right? Perfect. Then I can take him and then maybe, you know, that, that third, maybe I can, I can get a guy like a Trask or something, right? I can, now I can go get a quarterback as a, as a dart of throw instead of paying up for one. You, It leaves yourself options, right? Always have options. Always listen. Like that's the number one thing I tell in dynasty. No one's untradeable. Yeah. There's no pick that's untradeable. Like, listen, there's always, there's always a crazy owner like me who's like selling out and he's one piece away from a title. Like maybe I, I'm just missing one tight end. I got a loaded roster. Maybe I'm willing to pay you two picks like in a player. Like maybe I'm willing to go, Oh, well, I'm not trading them. And I make you an offer and you go, Oh, just, just, just look at it. I'm like, and you're going to get that more. The value to trade these picks is going to be when they land places. Like that's where you can entice people. Right. That's, that's the stuff that matters honestly to me. About landing spot is the most selling point. <laughs> more than me buying or like changing on my board, it's how much more value can I get for the guy where I think he's going to be picked now. Now I can sell. Oh, and look at look at pitch went here. Look, like, oh, high flying offense. Like you know, you can you can you can you can sell that a little bit more, I guess. Um, so Tom, you have some housekeeping to do, uh, and that is. Top defenders we haven't mentioned yet, right? So, um, or at least IDP players. And we've gone through all positions, what we haven't touched upon before the draft. D-tackle, D-end, edge, and corners and safeties. So, I was preparing some notes. And one thing that I was going through on 
tackles is that there's probably one that I might look at, which is uh, the Kid Barrymore. Uh, and then there was another one with uh, Tommy Togia. I can't pronounce the kid's last name, but yeah. I know he's disruptive and threw up the bench 40 times. So, um, you know, D tackles, there's nothing really too sexy. Uh, no, it's funny because all my research on D tackles and like in the D line, the funniest thing I get, I forget the guy's name. I ended up liking this like weird, like, like, like nose tackle it was absolutely completely useless. So it didn't matter. It shows you how much that I, uh, I, just, I just found the kid McNeil. It could have been. I can't remember who it was. I found too 320 many. pounds, and he's just that absolute immovable force. <laughs> he might, he might, he might. Yeah, he doesn't really do anything like fantasy wise. Like to me, this defensive line, like it, you know, the the ends, the tackles, stuff like that. Like, there was honestly like too many red flags. Like everyone had a like, glaring red flag that I didn't like. It just wasn't worth the value that I saw. Uh, honestly, the only guy I liked on like the edge was uh, Tyron Jackson, kid out coast to Carolina, right? Yep. It was like a tackle machine, right? Obviously, the concern with him is he plays the goals of Carolina, right? So he doesn't play a lot of huge competition, right? Um, you know, he, he did he, they did beat BYU. Uh, he did have some fun, with, you know, with your uh, your boy in that game. So um, <laughs> he's 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 he's, he's, he's like, guy. yeah he's um, you know he, he's he's a guy I'll mention, but like defensive end in this class. Listen, I'm not a big defensive end guy in, in IDP, um, and, and we play two of them. We play two ends, two tackles, four linebackers, two corners, two safeties. And I've won numerous titles, and I actually enjoy it more about rotating defensive ends. Like, Do you need them? Yeah, but you can find them. Like, You can play matchups. Like, It's not like a huge thing. Like, Yeah, if you have J.J. Watt in his prime and he's a game breaker, yes, but there's one or two of those guys. And then there's like, a huge drop off of like, oh well, you have Pierre Paul. Well, great, he scored thirty more points than the guy I picked up over waivers. Like, it's not it's not that make or break to find it. Um, if you want a project, yeah, that's why I probably like you know a guy like Tyron Jackson. I think he's a project. He's just doing a taxi squad for yeah, you know maybe does something like that. Um, but there wasn't really anything I saw where there was somebody like you know, there's no like Boaster in this class. Like even like you know like pity. I a lot of these people, I was like, I, I just saw something that was like, eh. It wasn't something I was really in love with any of these players in the, on the yeah. On the I mean, the the other three guys that I'm just going to mention: uh, Quiddy Pay, Jason Uwe, and uh, Jaylene Phillips. All players that I don't think make any noise uh, short term. Quiddy Pay is a guy I'm keeping an eye on uh, long term, but nothing, nothing really. Listen, too exciting if, for me. If, if Phillips never got hurt, he's the best defensive. You know, he's the defense, best defensive in this class, right? All right? And I think he is. But his injuries are like insanity mounting up, like at a rapid pace, which is a concern because that gets talent off the chain. But again, like, like too many injuries, red flags. Is it worth it? Take it high? No, no. For me, I'm I'm waiting until after my rookie drafts and then picking one up. I like. That's what that's that's. You know, that's really what I'm going to do. I, it, it really, nothing really out there excite me. Nothing's going to game change and, you know, could be variance, but, you know, I didn't find it that fun, honestly. You know, maybe that changes. You know, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll see. There's an exciting, couple of exciting corners 
right? I mean, you know, everyone's everyone's kids got a corner in this draft or a nephew or some sort of ex-NFL uh, players with all kinds <laughs> of, you know, relative in this draft when it comes to corners. I mean, corners are fun. There's like, you know, those three or four, just four corners are going to go in the first round are all worthy of picks in your dynasty league. Absolutely. So, uh, J.C. Horn, Patrick Sertain, the second, uh, Greg Newsom, Caleb Farley. Am I missing anybody? Uh, you have where's Asante? There's a. Uh, I knew I was missing somebody. So <laughs> I, I don't. I don't. I don't love him anyways. I mean, I love. I mean, Sertain and Horn. You know, I really love and, and Farley is great. I mean, I, I think those guys you, you mentioned are all going to be worthy of of taking on your dynasty team. And again, this is important. Um, the thing I look at again, corners in another position. I, I rotate. Like every year, I probably have one on my roster, like a second year guy um, that I kind of hope so. Like I have the kid from Kansas City that I kind of like. But like corners position, you can rotate. But rookie corners are important. If a guy's a rookie corner, he walks into that number one role, or even the number two starter. Like he's a guy I kind of want. Like they're gonna because they're gonna throw at him. Like. But there's a bunch of them usually. So, you know, wasting a high pick on them? No. But will I take one in the rookie draft? Yeah. I mean, I like Sertain. I like Horn. Um, uh, so well, we we were talking about this uh, actually in our just let just our last episode, um, where corners, rookie corners, good rookie corners, um, are worth drafting more because of uh, their ability to still make plays, uh, but because they're unproven in the NFL, quarterbacks are going to throw their way. Um, Desmond Trufant comes to mind, probably one of the hardest t- tackling corners uh, coming out just a couple of years ago, um, did just fine in Atlanta when he was alive. Uh, you know, he did get a couple of injuries from here from time to time, but, um, you know, a guy like uh, Rich Grant, who I know is a safety, is a uh, is is another guy that I am going to be watching. So yeah, I mean you can find him. You know, Marshawn Marshawn Lattimore was another corner that we talked about. Where like as a rookie he was great, second year guy he was still great, and by the third year you couldn't play him anywhere than throw him. Like that's and that's, like, that's Apple when he wasn't getting cool. arrested. Eli Apple was Eli Apple was again like that's the funniest part. Even like a bad corner, like a bad high price corner, like still gets thrown at and he just keeps playing. I'm like, okay, as long as as long as I keep him on the field, gets tackles. That's I mean nowadays slot corners get you know you can those guys rack up tackles right? Didn't Butler play in the slot last year and rack up tackles? Like you can you can and I like that position fun. So you know you can. Um, you know, if you can find some fun corners and, and, and take them for the fun. You got some corners that could get you 20-something points in a game, man. You, that, that you want to talk about uh, separational uh, and point differential factors that are helpful for um, for your overall team uh, team score. Um, you know, I, that that's why you, if you're playing IDP, you're going to look everywhere. You want to find points where you can. Um, so yeah. if we're going into, if we're going into safeties, uh, you've got, uh, the kid, uh, more, got a TCU, Elijah Malden out of, uh, Washington, Jamal Johnson, Richie Grant, uh, the other kid out of Oregon, Javon Holland, 
and um Anybody knows that I'm missing? Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm bored with all of them. Oh, and Richie Grant. Landing spot. Yeah, yeah, that'll that'll swing me on those guys. So again, like another talent was like over the top, but I think landing spot could be you know a huge thing. I mean, and I'll tell you one position because they don't have any on the roster right now. Atlanta, the Falcons have no corner, no safeties on the roster. So that's you know that might be a spot. Like again, so IDP you can. IDP, you, you can do some of that. Um, and IDP, that's where it's a little bit different. There's a lot of times some of the best fantasy IDP guys are not very good defensive players. <laughs> They're not. But they have to be in the field because the team doesn't have anyone else and they just get picked on, right? And they get and they get tackled out of tackles. Like that's I mean, a corner who's getting tackle after tackle means he's not past defending. He can't shut down the guy. Like the same thing. Some I mean, we've seen linebackers who like aren't great. But they just they, they have no one else. And he just stands there and makes tackles. Like it's so IDP is a variance like that where like the landing spot could get you a huge bump up. And do I love these safeties? No. But when I'm when certain of these teams, like I said, when the Falcons, if they take a, a safety, yeah, he's a guy I'm going to put in my radar because they don't have any. So somebody, somebody's going to play there. Stuff like that is, you know, that's ambiguity. Again, you're looking at ambiguity on situations. Um, and that's what I look for on the IDP side of, of the NFL draft. Like offense, I have more talent. You can win that role, but IDP, you can find values of guys who aren't really that good, but they end up starting because they don't have anyone else. So they get in a good position and they get value for you and stuff like that. So just so two different sides of the ball, two different fun ways to look at it. And, uh, you know, and I mean, you know, speaking of fun, we're uh, we're we're getting to the point where we're almost running out of fun um, until the draft. Um, is there anything else that we need to bring up that we've missed? Shit, I could talk for three years about anything else. Nah, I mean it's just you know honestly, like if you've done you know a small board or tiers like beforehand, right? And you know you're watching the draft, and you enjoy it. Like, don't be too mad. Be like, oh, I was way off in this guy. I was way off in that guy. Like. Look at your successes. Like, oh, hey, I was right about one. You were wrong about four. You were right about one. That's awesome. Like, because people would say, oh, I get all these picks right. You don't. Like, like I said, the hit rates that I've seen, you don't. Like, And I've had some phenomenal drafts, and I've seen other owners have some phenomenal drafts, and those are 50% hit rates. Like, you know, that's, you know, seven picks, and maybe I hit four guys. Like, but on average, I tell people, if you can get two starters out of your rookie draft, like, that's really what you want. You know, do you want three? Yeah, you know, my, you know, but this time, enjoy it, right? Don't second guess your work until next week. And then you can revisit it and say, okay, well, I had a fun list before, right? And now you can look at it afterwards. And now you know stuff because you've already seen these guys twice, right? And the guy who shows up to your rookie draft, you know, who has the magazine, right? He's he's just going to know what happened two days ago, right? He's not going to see what, you know, what happened in the 40 time and did he test this or, you know, how, how did he jump up and down to, you know, was, was he not even on the radar? Like a guy like Wilson who wasn't even on the radar and all of a sudden now people have the number two quarterback. Like that stuff to right there is just extra knowledge. And that's one of the biggest things that I've learned and used to my advantage knowledge. The more you know about your league and format and and the guys and trends, the more you can take advantage of it. The more you see like the loopholes, you know, you know, like, hey, I can trade down. Why? Because I know this guy likes his team. He's taking quarterbacks, right? I'm like, that's stuff you can predict, right? And B 
be right, right? Enjoy the picks you were right. If you if you only get two out of 15, awesome. You got two. So what? Who cares about the other ones? You know, Kuiper's horrific, right? I mean, you know, Bobby's yawning because, like, when you hear Kuiper things, you're like, oh, here we go. That's exactly it. Fucking, although at least McShay's been giving Kuiper a run for his money as of late. Guy's been doing it for 40-something years, so he's got to be doing something right. You know, I'm not trying to call out the uh, – the, the worldwide leader in sports, but I mean, there are other analysts out there. So you're, uh, you're not, we're not going to call like Sage Rosenfeld for saying there's only probably like a thousand people who can like watch film and know what they're looking for. Right. Well, I guess we just yeah. did not, didn't we? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. A, lot, a, lot, a lot, a lot of people like me and I'm a big film guy, a big watch guy. I'm like, I, I see things. Do I use analytics and numbers? Yep. I look at it and I compare the two, but I always trust my eye test. Like I always see what I've seen and you've seen it where I'm like, Hey, his numbers are great. And then you watch him on some highlights and you're like, Hey, you look good. And I go, go back and look at this. And then you look at it and you go, Oh, I never saw that. Yep. I'm like, sometimes you don't see like a real red flag or a weakness. Like, you know, maybe he's great at everything, but then when you watch him, you go, Oh, but he did the same thing over and over and over again. But the numbers show you how great yeah, it was. I think like we were talking about Quiddy pay, uh, uh, you know, uh, offline, and that oh, was, and was one o- of the It was the guy from Penn State. What was his name? That uh, no, was Ohoa. That was the guy with Oway. Oway, yeah, Oway, Oway, go away with that red flag. Oway, go away. One more. Boys one quit, move. though. I'll give him that. I, the boy I, I is agree. Quick, but he, well, well, he has absolutely no. Like he, he's too high. He's gonna get pushed around. Um, I mean, and it, it goes to show you, so you did it with the eye test first. I ran the numbers and then went onto the, onto the eye test after like kind of you know, using the, using the analytics first to kind of help guide my guide where I'm going to be picking. Both, both ways are a hundred percent right. And the thing about it is when analytics people, you're like, you're like, oh, you're not looking at these numbers. You don't look at this and, you know, film people like, you're not looking at this. You're not looking at that. The thing that I've learned and I've done really well is extrapolation, right? It's extrapolate what you need to see and what helps your process. Like, and I extrapolate what I see and then I'll go back and look at numbers. Sometimes I'll look at his numbers and I'll say, oh, he does this and it goes that. And then I'll watch the tape and then I'll say, okay. Um, did I see what he supposedly did on tape? Okay. Did he, you know, he run faster? Did he look faster on tape? Did, did I see more hustle compared to his lower 40 time? Like you should do both. Like if you love a guy and you produce his numbers, that's awesome. But like when you're like, Hey, you know, he does this and his RAV score and every other, you know, projection model you can use, I could run a model to make everyone look good. Right. But you should still watch the guy, right? I'm a big film guy. I watch guys, but I still look at all the numbers. Right. You both. Uh, I mean, we, we both do. And I, I think it, it helps us with that process. And I mean, I think you've seen just in the past couple of years alone, my process has, uh, has, has worked a little bit more um, because I was doing a little more eye test evaluation as well. And, um, you know, that's always helpful. So, um, you know, guys like Ian book, kid on Notre Dame quarterback, um, from an eye test perspective, oh, he's, he's, he's interesting. He's yeah, he's interesting, man. He's interesting. So you know that that's that's the type of guy. And to your earlier point, like those are the types of guys that I'm just 
looking forward to seeing, you know, where they land, not because of what their landing spots are, is because I've done this amount of research on the class and I want to see what I was either instinctively right about that the NFL scouts also agreed with and, hey, maybe I'm off and all of a sudden, you know, I think my buddy C.J. Maribel is going to be on a team, Funkin' Marbles, I'd love to see Funk get on a team. Funk is you know, guaranteed on an NFL roster because he can tackle. So you're right. And that's exactly what my point is. Like draft capital. Like you're absolutely like, like Booker. Like he's a guy like you need to get drafted. Like could he make it as an undrafted guy? Yeah. It's, you know, a little bit rare and harder and still gets signed. He makes an NFL roster. But if someone spends draft capital on him, like that's important. Like if they take a guy, you know, if a guy like, you know, CJ, CJ Maribel marbles, you know, gets drafted, right. That's important. Right. You also want him in a decent spot where you can, you know, win a situation. I think running backs a little bit different um, because most of these running backs usually all get signed. And, you know, we've seen guys, you know, later on guys come in those guys are important because we, every year we see like a, a Lindsay, like a Robinson, like those later on guys like produce, like, you know, and Lindsay was a local guy. The whole reason why Lindsay got signed to Denver is because he had the local, uh, the local support as well. I mean, um, but it worked. I mean, for for every for every un, for every top pick, you can you can think of there's at least another undrafted free agent that also did well. And there's a mid-round guy, right? There's, I mean, that's what I said about, like, tiers of players in, like, in like the draft. And, you know, I talk about, like, the second tier of wide receivers from last year with you know, guys like Campbell and, like, Higgins. But, like, you can talk about a guy in the middle round who I got in Antonio Gibson, right? Uh, uh, you know, an, uh, another guy who you can get and get lucky on a little bit later on. And that's where I talk about trading back and taking volume. Like, okay, I couldn't get one of the top four rookie running backs. Maybe I trade back and try to take two guys I like. Okay, that's fine. In you know, in ambiguous situations, like yeah, that's the stuff I get excited about. Like, like honestly, the first round of the draft, right? I don't even care. Like, the most exciting part for me in the draft is like the last, you know, the back half of that draft. Like, the second, the second round starts to fun for me, right? That starts to fun of where now I start to see, especially as offensive and IDP. Like, I, I love football, so and I preach this. Like, NFL teams should just literally take offensive line the whole first round. That's what they, should, is what they should do. You just take offensive line and call it. But you know, the fun a little bit is, is later draft capital. Um, I think that's where a lot of guys, you know, that second round is usually really fun offensively. Oh, well, I, you know, there's a lot of meat in the first round. There always is, uh, which is why I've tried to figure out why the NFL has tried to make a Thursday night thing happen. Like, dollar, stop dollar trying to bills, make y'all. Dollar, dollar bills. Yeah, but stop trying to make fetch happen. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's one of those things where where the Thursday round at least fucking started off at seven. It takes forever, you know. Um, oh, dude, that all day Saturday draft they used to have was one of like my funnest days. I literally would like, oh sweet, tapping out, call it a day, right? You clear that and be like, all right, this is what I'm doing Saturday. I'm gonna watch this cool draft all day. Like now you're like, all right, I got a life. I got stuff. I got I I gotta do. I can't just like uh, call into work. I'm like, hey, I'm gonna take Thursday, Friday off. Why drafts on? Like. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, so it'll, I mean, it'll still be fun. Enjoy yourself. Like, no, you're right. I mean, don't go out there and be the guy going, I told you, I told you they were going to draft him there. And if you are that guy, also be that the guy. guy we, 
No, but you know what? It's funny. You can be that guy, but also be that same guy who'd be like, oh, but I was wrong about this guy. That's the only time you can be the guy be like, hey, listen, I told you I was right about this one. And I do it all the time. I actually do the opposite. I said, hey, I was wrong about this guy. I do the I tell you, hey, I'm wrong. I was wrong about this guy. I'm wrong about Acres. You know, I was wrong about trading up here last year. I was wrong. Did I get one wrong pick? Yeah, I didn't get five of them. But I also say, all right, well, I was wrong about that. But then I was, you know, I was right about Gibson, right? I was right about Herbert, right? So start out with the wrong points, right? Show, show them you're a guy who can admit mistakes. But I saved it. I had one bad pick, but I had three good ones. Okay, good. Right? And, you know, honestly, enjoy the fun. Enjoy the fun of the draft and the right or wrong. And, you know, and enjoy the excitement. Enjoy the draft frenzy because this is the time and every every person has people in their league who become draft pick frenzy, right? And this is the time. Like, next week's the time you hit that guy up. You start texting that person, right? You start hitting that person, right? Going, oh, did you see where he went? Oh, man, his value is going to be high. Like you, Because that's the guy who, like, will pony up. Everyone has to leave with this one or two owners who literally come this time of year, they just start hitting your door for draft picks. And it won't be till after, right? Those are the guys who are after the draft or next week, as soon as the guy gets picked, oh, man, I love this dude. I got to go get him. I'm like, okay, great. Okay. I'm like, okay, that's what I'm talking about. Like, be open to trade back. Because you can, those guys get so excited to get blinded by it. And you're like, here you go. I'll take all that value. No problem, buddy. Here you go. You know, so well, have fun with it. Enjoy. I mean, that's, and it's, it's all going to culminate into more, you know, more guesstimations afterwards. And then we can have a better feel of, you know, where some of these, where some of these guys are, especially like offensively, you know, if they're in good situations or bad situations. Um, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting because there's enough open spots for a lot of people. You know, there's a lot of variance and changes going to happen. So I don't really think there's much more to say. Yeah, Tommy, I think we're, we've, we've hit the time and uh, I'm ready to say good night or good morning, depending on what time you're listening or good afternoon. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to leave it like this, right? Enjoy the draft.